You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Halloween Unleashed. Thank you all for being able to join us again. I am your disturbed, perturbed, but never reserved host, Aaron Bass. And across from me, as always, we have the creator and producer of our little show, and also the master of productions here and behind everything that is WMP the mad mask maker himself, Mr. Chris Morgan. How are you doing tonight, sir? Once again, just counting down until June. That's all. Yep. I think all of us in that group are counting the days down until June. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and on that very much so note, let me also introduce to you the bonita banshee herself straight from the snow covered cauldrons or maybe not now snow covered but i'm sure snow covered <laughs> cauldrons of cal of the carolinas again before this winter is over with the horror princess herself miss hannah santiago price how are you doing this evening hannah i'm doing well it's definitely a relaxing night after a long day so i'm glad to be here uh, there is a fan of the Halloween Unleashed podcast who in the group um, took it upon himself to post some uh, very uh, relevant and poignant and eloquently stated questions uh, for you, Mr. Mad Mask Maker. And me and the lovely Miss uh, Hannah Santiago Price are going to take turns uh, torturing you and demanding answers from you regarding those questions. <laughs> You know, be, before we jump into that, these are some of my my favorite things to do. Um, I, I love this because there's there's questions that are asked all the time out there that sometimes there's not enough meat on the bone to do a full-fledged, long-form podcast on it. But it's cool that you get to mix it up and get to change things here and there, and it makes, it makes an episode really, really fun. So I really enjoy these. Um, Funny story is when we were doing the series on the Q and A's from, you know, last month, uh, Chris had, Chris Castillo had actually um, said, was asking me a lot of questions. I'm like, dude, submit it. We'll do another Q and A. I didn't realize he was going to come up with so many, but he has a lot of really good ones. Uh, but he was listening to the, to the Q and A episodes and he said, he sent me a message. He goes, bro, none of my questions made it. I said, these things were recorded several weeks ago. Just, we got you, bro. Just chill. We got you. <laughs> chill, bro. Chill, bro. <laughs> no, but, um, chill, bro. Uh, but he, uh, he, he thought that we were doing them, you know, as, as they were airing, but I was like, no, no we got you. Uh, after we're the gonna, new year, we're going to dedicate Exactly. So Chris Castillo, this butch writer, this one is for you, my friend. Yes, Chris, thank you very much for your submission. Uh, we are happy to say that because of the in-depth questions that you provided, uh, it's enough for us to go and make an entire episode of. So this entire episode is for you. Yay! <laughs> well, and with that, uh, 
me and the lovely Miss Hannah have our questions that Mr. Castillo uh, submitted, pulled up. And because I am old school and believe in ladies first, Hannah, I'm going to defer to you and let you rattle off the first question to demand answers from uh, our mad mask maker friend with. Okay, well, his first question here says, what motivated you or gave you the idea to make Myers masks? Um, man, I feel like I've, no, this is not against Chris. I just feel like I've, I've answered this a lot, but I'm, but I'm, you know, I always enjoy talking about it, you know, making H30, um, getting that, you know, I've always, you know, I've been a collector. Um, this is my 23rd year that I'm beginning. Um, the first 10 years of that I spent, oh, nine years I spent as a collector and um, I got to see all these great artists make all these wonderful masks. And um, it wasn't until I made H30 and got a couple of scenes shot. And I realized that the mask was too white and I didn't have time because we were shooting at the time. I didn't have time to send it back to the artist and I didn't have it written into the budget to, uh, to have a redo and then take a chance of it not working out. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try some things. I, I know where it's too white. I know where there's too much sheen. I know where I could probably knock some of that off. Let me try and reweather this and see what I can come up with. Lo and behold, um, we came up with a pretty cool concept that, uh, that actually worked for the time frame that the, that the movie came out. It came out in the Rob Zombie era. So... Um, <coughs> I'm sorry. Did I cough at an inappropriate time? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I feel the exact same way. There's some people out there that don't, and that's fine. You're entitled to your own opinion. But you know, at the time, like the the whole rotted look was was in because uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween had only been out for six to eight months when we were filming this. So a lot of the style and the and, and the look of the mask and all that stuff was was pretty relevant, but I said, I'm going to use an H6 mask, but what if we aged it? So, and there's gonna be a lot of people that hear that and say, you know, I've heard him like shit all over, like, you know, like the rotted age shit, you know, like in the later movies, I'm like, yeah, we've been looking at it since 2007. Fuck nut. You know, I mean, let's, (laughs) let's get up to 2022. Let's give him the classic shape back. I'm tired of everyone thinking that that's how Michael Myers looks as a rotted face. So, but at that time, it was very relevant to um, to do my movie with a more aged, rotted look. And I'm like, I would like to see what an H6 mask looks like rotted. And that's kind of how that was born. But yeah, I, I re-weathered that mask. I ended up selling that mask off um, after, after the movie was over. And because someone watched it on YouTube and said, man, I, I really want a mask like that. And I'm like, well, I used it for the film. I'm pretty much done with it. If you want it, I can sell it to you. And that's kind of how it started. And I'm like, well, cool. And like somebody like liked what I did. So then I had yeah. someone else reach out and ask if I could do that to their mask. And I'm like, sure, I could try it. You know, no problem. So I was getting a few of the at the time, the Don Post mask in, messing with those. And um I was I did one on a Don Post 06. 
um, that Jimmy Falco actually owns the mold to now. I did some on a Don Post 08, and then I did some on an actual Don Post uh, Rob Zombie 07. And once that was happening, I was like, man, I'm, I'm fucking bit by the bug. And mm. I was having fun and I was enjoying it. And then the untamed mold actually came up for sale on one of the forums I was on by Bill Miller at Night Stalker Productions. And it was a Halloween six mold. And I was like, well, shit, I'm going to, I'm going to buy that. Cause first of all, that's like my favorite mask in the film or in the series. Um, I'm going to buy it and maybe I'll make some H6 masks here and there. And that's kind of, kind of how I got started. And then I started collecting other molds and my goal was starting WMP was to just buy up old molds and masters because nobody cared about them anymore. And I wanted to breathe new life into them and bring them back to a community that maybe didn't have an opportunity to be around during the golden era when some of these molds and masks came out. So that was, that was how WMP started was buying up old molds and masters and bringing them back to life. Oh, well, that definitely helps me out because I wasn't around at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, Chris, uh, since we're already picking your brain about that particular subject and we're on the question of what got you into making Myers mask, would you mind expounding on how you came uh, to be motivated or how you got the idea to even uh, birth H30? Oh, um, yeah, the the original concept was actually, it wasn't even a concept. It was based on um, a fan film I did back in 2001 with my friends. I did a, on the old HMMAT podcast, I did a special recording with him uh, post Halloween 2018. When we came out of the theaters, his name's Dave DeBrooker. If you watch H30, his name's in the credits for original story concept. But back in 2001, um, it's it's funny, like I've met a lot of really good friends that I've been friends with for a long time through this industry or this hobby and I'm or through the series and I'm and I'm grateful for it. Um, But Dave uh, was on a um, Halloween message board back in 2001, the spring of 2001. And I think it was the back talk message board that was around back then. And um, yeah, that's what it was. Back talk with Barry Sims. Exactly. That's what it was based off of. So um, I saw his screen name and it had something with Sarasota FL in there. And I'm like, and it was abbreviated, but, you know, I was looking at the abbreviations. I was reading between the lines. I said, I wonder if he's in Sarasota. And at the time that was like where I lived, it was like 25 minutes from me. And you're like, back in those days, you know, you didn't have an opportunity to meet each other. Cause I mean, we're talking AOL days back then. Um, so you could send a, a private message. And so I sent him a private message and I asked him about it and he told me, he goes, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, you know, he told me he was off B Ridge road and I'm like, I know exactly where that is. You know, that's right down. You know, we were going back and forth and 
I said, um, I'm in the middle of fil- filming some stuff. I said, uh, I'm going to be down in the Sarasota area on, on uh, next Friday night. Maybe, maybe you can come out and join the crew, you know? And this was before like meeting up online was a thing, you know, it was like really taboo. Like you didn't meet anybody offline. So he showed up, you know, I felt pretty comfortable. I'm like, if this dude turns out to be a creep and he's not cool, then, you know, I got 10 of my buddies around. So, you know, (laughs) I ain't worried about it. And so he showed up actually really cool. Went out, went out to dinner with us when we were done really big Halloween six fan, uh, like me, love the mask, love the atmosphere, love, love the soundtrack. And, um, I got done with that, with that film. He said, um, you know, he goes, I've been rattling some stuff in my brain. He goes, I, I didn't know if I told you this, but I'm, but I'm a story writer. Um, he goes, my goal is to get into writing novels and different things. And I said, cool. You know, he said, one of the things I've been I've been writing and I'm still writing um, is a sequel to Halloween six. And I said, cool. Well, like, tell me, tell me about the story. So he started telling me all about it and how it picks up years later. And Tommy and Kara are together, all this other stuff. And uh, Danny's off to college and Steven is now all grown up. He's 18 years old and you know, things start going crazy. And then before you know it, all hell breaks loose. And somehow Michael transfers the curse of Thorne over to Stephen and Stephen becomes the new Michael. I said, that's an interesting concept. I said, when you're done with it, I would like to read it. So about four days later, he shoots me an email with the, with the, with the story. And I found myself reading it as a fan immersed into it. And I said, this is really good. I said, uh, what if we were to start adding dialogue into this, turn it into a script and make a fan film out of it? And he said, that would be cool. He said, this is actually what I had in mind after I saw you guys film. And I said, awesome. And I said, well, I'm in post-production on that other thing that, that you came out for. So I got time to work on it. So I started to uh, turn it into a script, a screenplay from his original novelization of it. And um, we couldn't come up with a title. We wanted curse in there somehow. And um, he ended up, was it him or me? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But one of us said... Um, you know, this will be like the curse of Halloween. And we both looked at each other because we were, we were hanging out and we said, that's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it the curse of Halloween. That's the name. And um, we went into production on the curse of Halloween in August of 2001. And we finished it and October, November of 2001. I recently watched it. It's not good, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this was before I went to film school. But, um, you know, it, 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 it was the original version of H30. And then years later, um, they were going to do the Halloween 30 Years of Terror out in Pasadena. And they were going to hold a fan film contest. And I was really getting the itch to film something bad. 
And once that came up, I was like, shit, you know, so I called Dave. Dave was living up in Tennessee now and I'm in Orlando where I live now. Um, not at this house, obviously, but I was living somewhere else. And I called him and I told him about the idea. And I said, Hey man, I said, uh, we've had six, seven years to kind of, we've talked about the curse of Halloween quite a bit. If we were ever getting a chance with the knowledge that we've acquired with you, with writing me, with me with directing, producing, whatever. I said, uh, I think that we could enter this fil- fan film contest and it will be better better than a lot of the things that are probably going to be submitted. I said, I think that we could win it. And I said, would you mind if I re- readapted the script and brought it up to where it, where I think it probably needs, like the story needs to go? And he said, I got no problem with that. He goes, I can't help this time. He said, I'm, he goes, I'm expecting, a, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a child and I'm getting married soon. And shortly after that, we lost touch until we met up for Halloween 2018. And that was a cool story all in itself, but um, he gave me his blessing. And uh, when we relinked back up in 2018, I said, you know, I did make that H30 film or that curse of Halloween film. He goes, Oh yeah. He goes, how did that all turn out? He goes, I totally forgot about that. And I was like, well, I said, uh, here's the link to it. I sent it to him and he watched it and he's like, dude, he goes, you gave me story credit. I said, yeah, man, you, you were part of that entire birthing process of the original concept that came. That was the curse of Halloween. He asked me why I changed the name from Curse of Halloween to Halloween H3O. And I said, well, it was going to enter a 30-year contest for the 30-year convention. I just thought it was cool that we had Halloween H2O. Why not do Halloween H3O? And he's like, no, I can see that. That's actually really, really cool. You know, and that's kind of how it all how it all started. But, you know, that's... Um, that's how H H 30 was born was, was born from that original Dave, Dave DeBrooker novelization. That's wow. awesome. Well, well, Mr. Castillo, uh, I was able to add to your question. So I hope you appreciate the additional knowledge that came from it. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so Aaron, uh, why don't you go ahead and ask the second question that he, uh, that he was wondering Absolutely. All right. So the second question on Mr. Castillo's list is actually like three questions bounced up into one. Uh, The first part of it is how many masks have you made so far since you started way back uh, then? I think he meant to say when. And then he asked how many how many masks have you ended up making this past year? Total, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, there's no way I could even <laughs> give you an answer to that. I, there's no way. Maybe when we hang out in June at Spooky over a couple of uh, cold ones, you know? We can speculate. We can speculate. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Because well. June, June is going to be a very hot month. 
Yeah. Ha ha. That's 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 punny. <laughs> not in um, Florida. It's not. It's literal. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that's why that is... there's the swimming pool. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good thing. I'm glad they have that there because you know we'd probably die. <laughs> but um. Well, um, since since there's the answer to that question, you know, hopefully that'll be a good opportunity to talk about in June. Um, I guess I guess I'll go ahead and, and ask this one for him. He said, "What has been the most popular sculpt of 2018 until present day?" Hmm. Please don't say 2018. <laughs> I don't I don't do one, so I would not say it. Uh. Goodness, um, that's a hard one to answer because each one has its popularity. Each film has its has its core fan base. But if we're talking strictly the original two, you know, just because uh, you know of its run, because of I don't want to say longevity, but just the run I was having with them, I, I, I would say probably, probably the GKY. Um, I can't say the Go Seventy Eight V Two is getting up there because, I mean, that's been a recent thing. So, um, it's definitely, it's definitely on everybody's radar now. But you know over a course of period of like a period of time from 2019 to 2021, the GKY for sure. I would agree with that too, because just from the amount of hashtag GKY uh, associated social media posts, that's like been the most dominant uh, tag that I've seen when it comes to Myers masks. So yeah, I, I could see that very easily. Yeah. Um, I can vouch for that because that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite one. It's hard to go can, wrong. I mean, it, hard to go wrong with that. And we can throw out a special thank you to Michael Bitterman for that one, because he takes such amazing pictures. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Gary. Bitterman, you've been, you've been the ultimate mask. G, the, you've been the ultimate GKY mask whore. Thanks, Mike. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, then I think that wraps up uh, appropriately, I should say, answers uh, question number three. So then we will go ahead and jump on to question number four, which reads, how long does it take you to make each mask? And what is the general process from start to finish? It honestly depends on the mask because everyone is different. Everyone needs a little something. Some people, some people may think that this is a cop-out and it's not, it's just um, every H1, H2 and on up sculpt is a little different. Every single one of them. (laughs) So if you have, let's just say, for instance, if you have three or four H1 molds, 
the way I work on an SS78 is going to be completely different than the way I work on a GKY. How I work on a GKY is going to be completely different than the way I work on a Ghost 78V2. Some of them a little easier, some of them a little harder. Some of them a little different. Some, some of them just need to be touched a little differently. And some of them need more time. Some of them need less time. Sometimes it comes down to just the way everything just comes together naturally and perfectly. And when that happens, that's an, that's an artist's dream. Um, because you're not, you're not applying so much base on it. You're, you're, everything's flowing and going and just moving. And then before you know it, you're on to the hair job and you're going, man, I didn't expect to be done this fast. Then there are times and I can't speak for anybody else, but I'll speak for myself. I'll throw myself under the bus before I throw anybody else. There's been times where I've been a little um, adventurous. We'll just say adventurous where I'm like, you know, I've heard of this technique or I've heard of like a friend of mine or Matt Reed would tell me about a technique or something. And I'm like, I'd like to try that. And there's, there's times where a lot of customers will say, just, just run with it. You know, whatever's in your head or whatever you're feeling, do it. There are times that I am like, I'm really glad I tried that. There are times where I am literally pulling my fucking hair out going, why did I do that? And then I got to start over or I've got to wipe everything clean and get it back to starting fresh again to be repainted or I just throw the whole fucking thing in the trash and I got to start completely over from a brand new pour and a pull and all that stuff. So I'm really going out trying to answer this question that there's no real set time frame of how long it takes me to make a mask. Every mask I do has a different feel, a different process and a different, situation i mean it could be weather it could be the materials i'm using it could be the way it's you know the way the wind blows that day and i'm not meaning that metaphorically i'm meaning i paint outside i don't have a spray booth so if the wind is coming from the north and normally it comes from the south well i gotta fight against that i gotta i gotta move things around and change around and and move comes to what's the humidity that day you know um are we on a high humidity day where things are going to dry slower and be just a real pain in the dick to, to get through that happens. So um, to answer your, to answer your question is it can take as little um, and this doesn't include hair, but after the mask is poured, pulled, I mean, pulled and painted, it can take as little as six hours from start to finish, it can take as, as little as two hours. It can take as much as a whole day. It can take two days. Again, it just all depends. Now, when you get into the herring process, that's a whole nother ball of wax. That takes a lot, a lot of work. And there's going to be some people like, no, it doesn't. I, I've gotten good at it. Well, good, good, <laughs> good for you. You know, and, and I'm proud. I'm proud of you, but um, I do things the way I do it and I, I take a lot of pride and I'm very meticulous about what I do and maybe I make it harder than I should, but you know what? This is me. We're talking about not you. So fuck off. 
Um, <laughs> well, so. it can also come down to a customer's request for a specific look too. Also, right. Listen to you being the beacon of positivity, Mr. Aaron. Thank you. That's why I love you. Well, um, you know what? That I was one of them people when I, you when you know when I was when you when I was the very first customer to you. I oh my god, I was so across the fucking board. I'm surprised you were able to make sense out of any of the requests I fucking made. But yeah, I mean, if a customer is going for a request for a very specific look, like. You can't kill the boogeyman. I mean, they're going for a specific look, and you've got to dial yourself into trying to achieve that specific look. Now, quite frankly, I think that you're able to do that, you know, uh, rather effortlessly. But still, um, if it's a specific look you're going for, you know, you've got to dial yourself into doing that specific look to the best of your ability. Not just that. Is there the way you see the way you see you can't kill the boogeyman could be different than the way Hannah sees you can't kill the boogeyman. Look, I mean, there's you, so you got to tap into everybody's vision for what, for what they want. I mean, they are, they are, they are the customer. I'm the artist. I'm my job is to deliver what they're asking for specifically. So um Sometimes that takes time too, and to get it right, because I could get something completely weathered and I'm going, damn, that looks really good to me. And I send it to them. They're like, well, actually, um, I was going for more like this. Exactly. So it's like now, now you're, you're back to the drawing board. So um, that's why I said it can take as, as little as a couple of hours. It can take as much as a day. It can take two days. You know, it just, it, it all depends on each individual thing, but um, I don't know if he's talking about, you know, also the other part of that question is, and he'll probably tell me over a beer or something, but, uh, was he talking about like a sculpt to finish product too, or. Yeah, I, I, I believe he said, what's the general process from start to finish, which I mean, I think we can sum up pretty easily as in, you know, you pour a particular mold, uh, the mold is fleshed out, uh, you style the mold, you go to the herring, and voila. Well, typically it starts with a master copy that you make a plaster mold of, and which is the negative. And then you fill that mold, or you remove the master copy. Like the master copy is the pole that you're molding. Remove the master copy, um, Fill up the mold full of latex, let it dwell for whatever, 30 minutes, dump it out. Um, and then it forms that skin uh, because of the plaster, uh, sucking the water out of the, and the moisture out of the latex. And then you stick it under a fan for, for 24 hours and let it, let it air dry. And then you pull it and you clean it, you prep it. And I usually let it sit out of the mold I try to, I don't always have the luxury. Um, like recently, you know, Hannah can attest, I did an H2O, I was, I was curious about. Um, <laughs> and I pulled it out and started immediately painting it. So, um, you know, that happens too. But I, a lot of times I like to sit, I, I like it to sit out of the mold for a couple of days before I start painting on it, because then you got things that really firm up and, and you get the true idea of the mold and then you're not, you're not hampering with the curing process because like 
just because you pulled out of the mold and it's dry, it's not fully cured yet. Because if you, if for those out there that have ever pulled uh, a latex pole out of a mold, feel the surface of that pole. It's still got a little dampness to it and it's got to finish setting up. And um, once it's completely set up and it's, it's got that, that, that rigidity to it, you're ready to rock and roll. And, um, but it, if you got to clean up anything, you do it during the curing process when, you know, right after you pull it out of the mold, but, you know, definitely stuff it correctly and let it take on its shape. No pun intended. And, uh, um, just let it, let it go a couple days and then start painting. You see what I mean, Hannah? I give him the opportunity to go with the lightning round answer, and he's he's gonna go into detail. He he's gonna he, he's gonna make sure that you know he explains it, you know, and he just he can't help it. I mean, that's that's the process, and you know he's gonna be exact about it. So that's what I was talking about earlier. He's mm. he's gonna go. He's he's not gonna leave any kind of detail uh, spared, and that's just because you know it's. It's part of the process, and he's very thorough. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, with just like he is with his work. And honestly, I think that's good because, you know, you could, he could have just, he could have just said, well, you know, it depends on the day. Sometimes it could take six hours. Sometimes it could take, you know, two days, but it depends. Like he could have just said that, but, but we got, you know, I think we got a, a very good detailed answer out of that um, for Mr. Castillo. Okay, so we got the cus- we got the customer service answer, which is what Chris has always been about. So yeah. exactly, like you're going to get more than what you asked for. So that's the best part. Oh, speaking of customer service, exactly that goes on, that goes on to <laughs> nice, nice. So that goes on to the fifth question. Um, he says you've always had an amazing customer service, which I can I can vouch for, and the 14 day guarantee. What else do you feel it's important for the mass community to know? In regards to what is 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 my question? You mean like for the second part of the question? Well, you said you know you got the fourteen day turnaround. What what else does the customer need to know, or what? what? Well, he he says it's uh, what what else do you feel it's important for the mass community to know? I, I would guess um, like like what as far as you know uh, when they're getting a mask like besides the 14 day guarantees like is there any other kind of information that you can assure them with or i mean i i think i think on that guarantee uh, paper it's pretty much all that can be said but um if you can add anything in there uh, that's the best i can guess about that question if i could jump in and add uh add my two cents into it uh i think we're probably alluding to this in the previous question about, you know, if someone has a particular look in mind, you know, you're going to work. If if you're a first-time customer, you know, you're going to work with that person and you're going to, you know, send them progress specs and be like, hey, uh, this is what you were asking for and this is, you know, how I've, you know, come to work at it and, and bring it into a uh, 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 visualization reality so far. Is this what you've been picturing? And if not, then, you know, yeah, you might have to go back to, you know, to step one to do that. But, you know, that's that's part of, you know, the work that uh, you've committed to and trying to uh, 
achieve uh, a you know a specific look so that you know someone's trying to uh, you know to get from you? I, I I think I know how to answer this. Um, I've always had a fourteen day turnaround policy, always. But you know, since I've gotten back into things. Um, and doing things again, which by the way, I'm eternally grateful for, you know, um, that people even still care, you know, so thank you. Um, but people weren't around during the WMP days of old to, um, to know about that guarantee. Like I've always guaranteed size, happiness, satisfaction, all that stuff. Um, man, I sound like I'm reading a porn ad. Um, <laughs> but I've always had that policy because um, collectors, I, I, I've been on the aisle of the collector. Like I said, you know, like my first eight, nine years were as a collector. So I know what it's like, you know, that you've, you've waited and you've paid all this hard-earned money and you've waited and then something that you open up just underwhelms you. And I can't tell you how deflating that is. And in the pro in the in the day and age that we're in now where people have so many options and it's so easy to flip something. Um I never want someone to hear all these great things and, and happy customers and see all these pictures and think that they got less than my best. So I knew from an early standpoint, I need to give back to the collector and say, I need to guarantee you that you're going to get everything that I got. And I want, if this, if I were to go out tomorrow and I would die in a crash, and you were the last mask I made. I want that one to be the very best it can possibly be. And if it's not, then I failed. So I knew way back when, when I started this 14-day turnaround policy, that I'm like, it's going to come down to a couple things. And it's really only, it comes down to a couple things. You get the mask in, and it doesn't look like the photographs. That's, that's a problem. Um, and number two, it's not going to fit properly. Those are the two reasons why you see mass flip so quick. I know we see, and I'm not making fun of anybody specifically. So please, if, if, if you think this is about you and you're listening, well, then you're probably guilty of it. And yes, I am talking about you, but I'm not, I'm not singling anyone out. This is a, a broad statement of what I'm going to say. For the people out there, you're so vain. You probably think this thing is about you. Don't give up your day job. But um, <laughs> people will get a mask in. They'll have it for a day, maybe two tops. And you see it all over every group. And you two can back me up and call me a liar if I'm wrong. But they'll have it for a day or two. And then you see it for sale. And they say, well, I've seen that. 
money things came up, you know, problems came up. I got to sell this. Don't want to have to. I'm sorry. I have to do this. Blah, 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 blah. I hate to have to do this. It's my grail. And then it's like, you know, they've put all that out there. And then the person that ends up buying it contacts you and says, Hey, I, I just bought this. I got it in the mail. I absolutely fucking love it. I want to get more work from you down the road. Um, yeah. The only, the only reason why this person uh, sold it is because, you know, they, they wanted it a little dirtier, they wanted a little less weathering or the fit wasn't right. And I'm like, well, why didn't they just reach out and say something to me? And then it dawned on me. I'm like, well, well, shit. They probably didn't know about the 14 day turnaround. So that's why I, I came back out with it and put it, I'm putting it in every box that goes out. But I've always known that I never want to be the reason that you sell something. I want you to be able to get something from me, put it on your shelf and be proud of it. And if you're not, I want to be the first one to know about it because I failed you. You hired me to do something for you that I didn't hit the mark on. There's a lot of big headed guys out there that a lot of times they can't wear 90% of the artist masks that are out there because they don't make them in their size. Big headed guys love me because I accommodate them. I make big masks too, you know? So I've always tried to, where, where he's asking, you know, what else can people know? I try to custom fit based on people's head size. Not a lot of people do that. Yeah, you make a mask for the bigger boys. Big boy. But um, <laughs> the, the other thing is, and I started getting a lot of heat early in my career for this, but I don't apologize for this. Again, I was a collector once. I will send you pictures of your pull. I'll send you pictures of it in process, pictures of it when it's weathered, pictures of it when it's haired. Sometimes if you just let me run with it, I just, I send you pictures of it before I put the hair on it and say, what do you think? And before I seal it, oh man, it looks great. Perfect. I'm going to move on to hair. We cool. Yep. All right. Perfect. And I do that because that's part of the customer experience that's part of the that's part of it you know it's the customer service part of it you take care of the people that are taking care of you because without all those people i mean nothing to this entire process you need people to be able to have this process take place so part of that 14 day turnaround and the guarantee is I also want to make this an experience that you'll never forget. And so that's my guarantee to the customer is to give you that experience that you go, man, some people have called this guy an asshole, but you know what? He's actually, he's actually all right. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, I, I treat people accordingly. I, you know, I will, I will, I will bend over backwards for someone. I will walk through walls for someone, for my customers. I care about my customers. It's not just 
pay me for a service and kick the can down the road and see you next time. You know, I honestly, I care about every single one of my customers, every single one of them past, present, future. And I try to do that by staying in touch and, and reaching out once in a while, making sure that, you know, family's okay. You know, do I do that with every single person? No. Do I wish I could and wish I could, I had that much extra time? Absolutely. But I try, you know, and uh, I always try to be as open as I possibly can on social media. I'm very, I try to be extremely approachable to the point where if you message me, I try to get back to you fairly quickly. Um, I don't, I don't make you wait weeks, you know, to, to get a response or months or never, you know, I've heard that before too. Some people are never get back to somebody. And I'm like, wow, that's some of the shittiest thing that you, and I'm not, and I'm not talking bad about anybody that's done this, but I mean, maybe it was an oversight. I'm trying to play devil's advocate. Maybe it was an oversight and we're all human beings. Accidents happen. But at the end of the day, it's like that for the customer, potential customer, that's a deflating, horrible feeling. And that's that, that's not the taste I want to leave in anyone's mouth. I want them to say, Hey, I, I approached this guy. He answered all my questions. He gave me details. He actually didn't write a sentence back to me. He actually took the time to write out the process and told me everything I need to know. Wow. I wish, I wish everybody was like that. And you know, maybe they don't all think that way, but that's, that's my goal to try and strive is like, I, I want people to have a very unique and fun experience, no matter what it is. What could be wrong with that? Good question. Ask the guys on the site that we shall not name. <laughs> wow. Yep. There you go, guys. There's your answer. Um, that, you know, I, I think I, I honestly like, I like this next question, honestly. Um, if you want to go, go right ahead. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's he's wondering, um, what would you say is the best part of mask making? And tell us about a favorite project, your favorite project that you've gone above and beyond to create the perfect white mask. That is a very good question. I remember, I remember when I first saw that question, I haven't looked at these questions in weeks. I remember when I first saw that question, I'm like, that is a damn good question. Um, Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Halloween Unleashed.